good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Barron. Well, hello. <laughs> Lil, See, I'm trying to find a new way Lil to say hi. Lil Barron. <laughs> yeah, we do this show every week. <laughs> I know. And um, I love the way you say hi. <laughs> It makes me feel like you really are saying hello and like welcoming. No, well, that's how I say it in the morning. So, speaking of uh, doing the show every week for yes. the past several months, actually a couple of months, we've been mm-hmm. kind of briefly highlighting our sports yep. at the Huntsman World Senior Games. I thought today we would just continue that tradition. Okay. Might as well. May right? as well. So, a couple of weeks ago, you'll remember that we talked specifically about cowboy action shooting. Yes, that was a fun one. That right? was a fun one. So today, I want to touch on some of our other shooting sports okay. at the games, just really briefly. So let's start with bench rest. Okay. Now let me start off with just saying, wow. Yeah. Bench rest is is pretty cool. You want to talk about ice cold pinpoint accuracy. This is your sport. Oh. It's highly accurate, specialized firearms. It's it's amazing. It's called bench rest because the shooters do support their firearm and themselves on a bench. Oh. And they're shooting at targets of different lengths. You can sign up for different lengths, but uh, up to 200 yards away. Wow. Now, 200 yards is two football fields. Oh. I know you know that, but just think about standing in an end zone and looking down at the other end zone and then timesing that by two. Wow. And the target that they're shooting at is like the size of a pencil eraser. That's the bullseye. So again, I'm talking ice cold accuracy. Now, just imagine this in the unlimited division. That's Uh one of the divisions we have uh, that allows you to use any sights and supports on your gun. Your gun is supported on the bench. Mm -hmm. So you lean over the gun. You're looking down the sights. You've got it all solid up against your shoulder. But every few seconds, there's like this little blip, this little jiggle in your sights. Do you know why? Uh -uh. Because that's your heart beating. Oh, so you, you have to squeeze. You have to time the squeezing of the trigger in between your heartbeats. Oh, my goodness. So this is this is the level of sophistication and accuracy that we're talking about there. It's a wow. great, great sport. In addition to bench rest, we also offer handgun. Mm-hmm. So we're shooting handguns at targets that are 25 yards away. In this case, the handguns used are 22 LR pistols and revolver revolvers, uh, 32 and 45 caliber centerfire pistols and revolvers as well. Both bench rest as well as handgun take place at the Red Cliffs rifle mm-hmm. and pistol range out at the Southern Utah Shooting Sports Park. Mm-hmm. And both of the events are run by the local clubs. So yeah. we're grateful to them for their time and their yes. expertise. But Lil, that's not all. Oh, We also offer shotgun sports. Oh, And there's a bunch of different options for the mm-hmm. shotgun enthusiasts. Let me just focus on one. Well, okay. let me just say we have sporting clays, five stand, skeet, and trap. Okay. Uh, and you can shoot any combination of those events. For those who are maybe not familiar, let me just define sporting clays. Um, I wasn't really sure either. I'm glad I did the show because I, I hear these words, but I wasn't really sure right. what they they all meant. So sporting clays is the closest thing to actual field shooting of all the shotgun sports. Okay. So rather than having the clay pigeons that are thrown from just a, a standard, mm-hmm. everyone gets the same thing. Um, they come from all angles that it's designed to replicate the way that birds fly, the way that rabbits run across oh. the ground. So these clay pigeons are coming from all over the place and can 
really be challenging. Uh, that's one of them that we have. And then, I'll, like I said, we have the others. If you're interested in shooting, you, shotgun shooting specifically, you can combine any of those events. And it's just a ton of fun. So if you're interested in shooting of any kind, of any Lil, kind, of any kind. <laughs> we can take care of you okay. at the Huntsman World Senior Games. So visit SeniorGames.net and get registered before it's too late because registration closes on September 1st. Yeah. And that's just right around the corner. So uh, don't miss out. Right. Lil, yes. Today's guest, I know, is literally going to knock your socks off. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> okay. just saying. This gentleman is amazing. Robert Hamilton Owens mm-hmm. is a man of many hats. He's been and done a lot, including but not limited to right. <laughs> mountain climbing, radio and TV personality, keynote speaker, minister, Iron Man, philanthropist, triathlete, special ops, para rescue men, oh. and perhaps most difficult of all. Father of five. Yes, that is. (laughs) But of all the pursuits he's undertaken, there's one title that best describes this guy. Robert is the fittest and mentally toughest 66-year-old in the world, period. This is according to Joe DeSena, who happens to be the dude who founded Spartan Races. So he knows a little bit about what he's talking about when it comes to toughness. Robert, welcome to the show. (laughs) Wow, thanks, you guys. (laughs) Hey, we're, uh, we're excited that you could join us and we're looking forward to visiting with you. You obviously have had some military experience. Uh, I know that you train soldiers. Um, Do you shoot shotgun sports or? uh, You know, I stopped shooting the day I got out of the military. Okay. Some guys really get up and keep going. And I just said, I'm done with guns, especially with my five kids. I said, I'm not going to do guns anymore. So yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I don't blame you. There's a, there's a a lot of uh, logic behind that decision there. So listen, my, this intro, obviously you've done a lot of things. I mean, congratulations on an incredible career on really living what we call the active life, Mm -hmm. the name of the show. Uh, You've probably taken it to an extreme that not everybody else does. (laughs) And that is awesome. Um, But I want to talk for just a second, Robert, it didn't always start out that way, did it? Like, I think a lot of people would look at you and think, oh, well, it's just in his genes. Everything's been easy for him. But your childhood wasn't always that easy, was it? You know, I'm an adopted kid. I uh, got adopted three months old. There was about 50 babies lined up in bassinets. You can get as many as you want. <laughs> all, you can, all you can take baby buffet, right? There, there was a lot of lot of guys coming home having relationships after the Korean War, and there were babies everywhere. <laughs> and so my parents went and got a girl, and then they came back and got a boy. Nice. Um, my mom couldn't have any kids, so adoption was a great, great way to go. Yeah. And then I was a special needs kid. So I had bad ankles and bad feet. I wore corrective shoes and boots. So I didn't really start running till about sixth grade. Oh, wow. And um, my mom was a PE major out of UCLA and got her master's at Wellesley, Boston. And so she was always looking out for me, like, we're going to find a niche for you somewhere. And uh, I tried everything and failed at all of them. I just wasn't any good. Kids said, do we have to have him on our team? You know, that kind of <laughs> And, uh, but she threw me in the water and when she threw me in the water, she said, I took to it like a fish with my diaper on. And so that began learning about water and being a, a beach kid. My parents lived inland. My mom and or my grandparents lived at the ocean. I spent a lot of time in the ocean and then boogie boarding and surfing and stuff. And then mm. uh, some guys came to me and said in high school, my first week of high school, not three year high school, I said, Hey, Watch you get into swimming water bowl. And I said, I don't know about it. And they said, just show up, come. So I got in and found my found my home, found my niche, found my group. And, that is uh, awesome. And that is awesome. I have a 
I have a friend who kind of had a little bit of a similar path. He he tried a lot of things, basketball, football, just it wasn't it wasn't for him. Soccer wasn't his thing. Uh, and he ended up in water polo as well and loved it. He just loved it. What a, what a great sport. You know, I was so, so fortunate. Um, and if you want me to talk about overcoming, my coach was a Hungarian Olympian. Oh, wow. His name is John Urbanchek, J-O-N. And John had just showed up because his his Olympic team had just jumped boat in Sydney and all the swimmers and water polo players swam back and asked for asylum in Sydney because of what was going on, going on in Hungary with the Hungarian Revolution. Oh, wow. And so when he got to the U.S., um, he didn't speak much English. And our school needed somebody and, you know, he was hard up for a job and we were hard <laughs> up for a coach. And so he came and in he began to train us like Olympians yeah. and we were just kids, you know, and this, this guy comes with this authoritative thing and says, you will, you are, and begin to throw kickboards at our head, call us names. And um, he went from my high school to Long Beach State and from Long Beach State to University of Michigan and from University of Michigan to the U.S. Olympic coach. Wow. And so he was U.S. Olympic swim team coach for 20 years after he left Michigan and I still see him today at 84. And, you know, I, he started his career breaking us kids. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a wild story to think that, yeah. that we learned from an Olympian and we acted like we were Olympians too. That is awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, there's, there's such a, an impact that a coach can have on a young person's life for sure. And it sounds like he definitely had an impact on yours. You talk about swimming and how that kind of became something that worked very well for you. And uh, you've also, you also talked about um, being broken. (laughs) I want to, I want to get into your triathlon experience. Um, I know you've done 12 Ironman races and that is amazing for for those of us who um, need to be reminded of the distances (laughs) of triathlon, remind us the swim, the bike and the run. The swim is two and a half miles. The bike is 112 miles, which is the road around Oahu, Honolulu around. And then the last is the Honolulu marathon, which is 26.3. So now you you throw those um, references to distances out there. Because am I correct that you were there for the very first Ironman race? No, that's incorrect, but that's okay. close. The first so you were there 12, towards the beginning. The first year at 12, the second year at 15, and I came year three, Okay, and there were 100 of us. Okay, And wow. that was the last year it was Honolulu, and the year after that it moved to Kona. That's where the world championships are today. Uh-huh. But all those races are Honolulu race numbers that got transferred over to Kona. Yeah, I, I knew that it started there in uh, in Kona and um, or I mean in Honolulu. And these distances, holy cow, yeah. like it's so easy to just kind of throw those numbers around, especially if you don't have a point of reference, right. you know, you just think, oh, two and a half miles, I can drive that in what, a minute and a half, you know, <laughs> when you are swimming, two and Lil a half miles, just, know the two oh, and a half yeah. miles happens to be a long ways. Yeah. <laughs> it happens to be a long ways a and then and way. then you uh you know you crawl out of the water uh, at least i would it, well <laughs> it's a long ways let me just say it's a long ways and then you jump on a bike for 112 miles right. and then just because let's just run a marathon you know right. just throw that on at the end but uh anyway so you you were there at the beginning, like I said, not at the very, very beginning. That was my mistake. But the third year, about about a hundred people. Um, this was not an established thing like it is now. Now there's a brand. They have watches. Uh, most of us are familiar with Iron Man and and what that means. Um, how did you hear about it? And why did you decide? Hey, that's the thing for me. That's just crazy enough for me. You know, I just um, got into college, got out of the military, GI Bill. 
read a Sports Illustrated article, May, May 16th, 1978, and it was on year two. And they had gone and covered year two and said, this is the craziest thing in the world. And so they wrote this article and everybody back then read Sports Illustrated. So I read it and then I read it again and then I read it again. And I said, I can do that. I'm a pararescue. I'm a beach guy. And the big thing was, is that the, it used to be that the, the swim was the toughest ocean swim in Honolulu. And so that meant the pool guys would drown. And yes. so... When we did it, Honolulu was booming. Waikiki was booming, and it was uh, heavy storms. And so the point of the Ironman back then was to do the three toughest races in Honolulu in a single day to find out who was the greatest, the swimmer, the biker, or the runner, yeah. and put it against each other. Anyway, it was the early days. Guys were drinking beers. Guys had <laughs> costumes on. Guys um, borrowed bicycles, showed up in swim trunks, uh, tennis shoes, no helmets, no, no aid stations. Just show up with your A game. <laughs> we, we'll see who we'll see at the bar at the end. Of course, nobody was at the bar at the end. They're all passed out. <laughs> right. it, was just, it was one of those. It was a it was a military kind of a thing. We, we want you just to show up and see what you got. Wow. And so, and, you did. and so you did. There's about 100, 100 people there. Do you remember of the 100 that started? Did everybody finish or were there people that didn't quite make it through? Well, there's lots of people didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember how many, but there were tons of people that, that it was a hot day. It was boiling on the backside of Oahu in the pineapple fields. It was like 110, 115 degrees mm. because there was no wind. It just botched in on this, mm. this highway. Anyway, um, lots of folks didn't make it. I passed out. Uh, about the 14 mile mark in the marathon in some guy's yard. And uh, <laughs> you've seen guys on TV um, just doing the involuntary wiggle where everything in your body is out of control. And you're saying to your body, hey, come back. And your body's yeah. going, I don't submit to you anymore. <laughs> and so um, you pee in your pants and you just, you know, it's just a mess. And some army guys came up and um, started pouring Gatorade down me. And uh, sure enough, got up and finished the thing and did, did real well. <laughs> but but I, I passed out with a group of guys like 15, 16, 17, 18. I woke up on the ground at 54th place. And then I got up, did the juice stuff and made it back down to 39th. And wow. I remember when I got through, they said, uh, you're done. And I said, wait a minute, I'm done. I'm just getting going. I'm just making my comeback. <laughs> said, sorry, sorry, it's over. So I made it to 39th and it was a, it was a wild day. I did it on wow. my honeymoon. Wow. What an incredible wow. experience in every sense of the word. Yeah. So I'm assuming you uh, signed up to do the next year's then. I didn't do anything for 20 years. Okay. Wow. Took, took a little hiatus. Took five. Yeah. I just did local adventure stuff in Reno, Nevada, mountains, Tahoe, blah, blah, blah. And then um, uh, when I turned 50, I did that at 27. When I turned 50, I had a son who was a punk. And he said, hey, dad, you're really old, aren't you? 50 is like a half a century. Might as well just turn in your keys now, you know. And I said, no, I don't like him. I don't like what he's saying. And so I'm going to make a comeback and put this in his face. So I took all my kids and put them at the finish line and took them to Ironman Florida in 2000 and made my Ironman comeback and found out that I enjoyed being back in shape again and stuff. So I started doing them. I started doing them every year if it wasn't for bike crashes or something, you know, I, I would train and then hopefully make it to the race day. Anyway, so I've been doing it ever since. That is awesome. So how many do you have under your belt? I've done 12. Wonderful. Um, I didn't make my last one. Um, I came home from that seven marathons and seven days on seven continents 
and felt like I was going backwards. And uh, pretty soon I, I did that Iron Man, didn't do too well, went home and had a heart attack. Oh, oh my goodness. When I had the heart attack, the doc said, what have you been doing to your heart? You got too, you had too much air in your tire and you blew a, an artery. <laughs> and wow. I was just laughing, you know, was it the Navy SEAL Hell Week? Was it the seven marathons? Was it the Ironman? You know, back to back, which of those blew my heart? Anyway, I got four stents in my lower ventricle and made my comeback. And then I got COVID again. And, or not oh. again, I got COVID. And that knocked me out for yeah. a long time with lung issues. And so I'm training now for number 13 again. Um, and I, I'm hopefully doing uh, my new normal uh, in yeah. November, doing Ironman Florida again and see what my lungs will do. Well, that is awesome. I'm just going to put a pitch in here in St. George, Utah, where we are based. We are hosting an Ironman. We've been doing the half Ironman right. for a long right. time, but next year we're doing the full. So put it on your calendar. So just that climb up and out towards Hurricane. Yeah. And on up, that's, a, that's a nice climb going up there. You know, yeah. that'll get some guys' attention. It's a tough course. It is. It is so just course. so you know, I have volunteered at Ironman. Oh, there you go. You. Out at swimming even. Wow. Well, thank you very much. I'll look for you next time. That yes. is awesome. That is awesome. So, uh, Robert, again, like my intro, you know, we're we're just touching on a few things, right. but there were a few other things that I wanted to to maybe just quiz you on. Um, you mentioned the seven marathons and seven continents in seven days. Holy cow, that's incredible! Uh, another thing that you've been involved in is called the Three Hundred of Sparta. I'm wondering if you can give us a description of that. Do you remember the movie Three Hundred? I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so no one had redone that. From Sparta to Thermopylae, as the legend, King Leonidas took all his folks to fight the, the Persians. And so we did a Navy SEAL fundraiser for the, the families of the guys that died in Benghazi. Mm. So there were four Navy SEAL contractors that died in the uh, Hillary Clinton kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to raise money, a warrior, a warrior run um, event, and do redo that 238. So it's 238 miles in eight days or 30 miles a day across Greece. And um, we raised money for that. Um, and it was, you know, James Lawrence, I mean, he's, he's in your area of the woods, Iron Cowboy. Yeah, we know him as the Iron Cowboy. You oh, bet we do. Yes, we do. He, we did it. He did it with us. Oh, and uh, okay. it was funny. We were out there on the course and I said, hey, James, he goes, you know, everybody needs a stupid one on their resume. So it was a... It was a long, hot deal. Anyway, well, that's and the I've, 300 Sparta. I've been to Thermopolis before, actually. Mm. Um, my my son and I are, are kind of uh, interested in the Spartans, and I help coach a wrestling team. We're, we're the Snow Canyon Warriors, and so we've kind of adopted some of these warrior ethos. And it's mountainous, too. It's not like flat land. You know what? It's, uh, <laughs> we, would, we would start off, if you know the Bible, we start off in Corinth, yeah. and we'd end up at a ski resort that night. And then we go down the other side, down, down to, to another level. sea, and then go back up through another ski resort. So you're just, you know, 4,000 foot climbs all day long for eight days. Wow. And um, it was mountainous and it was, uh, it was a challenge. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it was. It sounds wow. like it was. Um, speaking of challenge, uh, tell us briefly about the 50-hour challenge for the Navy SEALs. What does is, what is that day look like? Or what does that two days plus look like? Uh, when you do Hell Week... Um, it's Sunday night at five o'clock, maybe seal hell week. It's Sunday night till Friday night. And the psychological barrier is that most kids, if they can make it to Wednesday night without any sleep, they can make it to Friday. And that's the 50 hour work. Oh, and wow. so we run a program for those who want to be special ops 
and we say to them, we have a, a six hour, a 12 hour, a 24 hour, and then we have the big boy, it's called Kokoro, it's 50 hours nonstop. And if you, if you think you want to do this kind of stuff, we encourage you to test yourself because you've never been delirious like this before and you've never, you've never been out of your mind. And so we're going to do that for you. So you understand what you want to do. <laughs> we're going to drive you, put you completely out of your mind. Oh. So just get ready, right? I wanted to do an experiment to see if I could get as strong in my 60s as I was in my 20s. Yeah. And so I put together these five events uh, four of which I was told not to show up. Uh, I was too old. And oh, so yeah. for this one, I trained for three years to see in the experiment as I age, how, how do I want to age or how can we age? Yeah. And I, I speak an awful lot. And I, one of the topics I speak on is you choose how you age. And so I, that experiment was to see if I could do the 50-hour thing at 66 years old. And so uh, I'm now the oldest guy to have ever attempted it by many years and and do it and yeah. if i had known how hard it was i wouldn't have done it because <laughs> well it sounds like you have definitely challenged yourself in a, a variety of ways yeah. and come out victorious yeah. over and over again we've got about 90 seconds left um, if you could synthesize that lesson, that idea of challenging yourself overcoming obstacles and share that what what would that be that most people are lazy, undisciplined, don't have a purpose, and they exist. And we teach, and it's been part of my life because my book is called Beyond Average, that you don't have to live average. You don't have to live mediocre. That there's 20 times more potential in any of us at any age than we've ever allowed someone to bring out of us. Are you still there? Yeah. Yep. And so it's important that the listener know that they can do so much more if they just find a reason to be healthier or smarter or do something that they, they think is impossible. And we work hard to tell people your best days are ahead, but your decisions are determining your destiny and you don't have to play a victim unless you want to be the victim. And so we, we say at any age, what do you want to do? Who do you want to be? What do you want to accomplish? And do you have um, people that will help you get to those places and most people don't try because they don't want to be uncomfortable but we when we work with young people and people we say everything you want that diet you know that that whatever it is it's going to lie outside your comfortability yeah and you need to tackle yourself and wrestle with yourself and come out victorious that you can you can every day do something difficult which will give you confidence to try more things whether it's learn language or it's sing or you know, athletics, but every day we should do something difficult to, to tell ourselves we can win and get wins every day over things that we don't think we're able to win in. And we then grow in confidence. I love and it. So, I, love, I love that idea of finding a win every day. Yeah. Um, tell us how to find your book. Um, my website is just my name. It's Robert Hamilton Owens. Uh, the book is called Beyond Average. Because I've always been average. I've never won anything. I was never the stud. Uh, you can go to Amazon and find the book. Uh, you can go to my website and find the audio book, Robert Hamilton Owens. Most of the guys want the audio book. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's, that's where you go. And if the listener wants to write me 
or talk to me or any of that. The potential Ironmen there in St. George want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I talk to them all over the world all the time. Hey, Robert, what do you think? What are you doing? What are you eating? Are you vegan? Are you keto? Or keto? Or what? You know, all this kind of yeah. stuff. So I'm happy awesome. to be here. Well, that sounds good. Uh, one more time, the title of the book? Beyond Average. Beyond Average. Um, great, great stuff, Living, Robert. It says Beyond Average, Living the 20X Principle. Excellent. Excellent. We'll put a link on our show notes so people can access that. Good. Thanks. And I, I hope the listeners will challenge themselves and do something and get wins every day. Wins every day. Wins I love every it. Day. Robert, thank you so much for joining us and sure. uh, great stuff. Great information. We'll, we'll have you back sometime. I think yes. you've got some more stories to tell. Never know. <laughs> Lil. Yes. Oh, that's good stuff. It is good stuff. Holy cow. I, I love that win something every day. Yes. Find a win every day. That's something we can all do. Absolutely. I love that. Let me run through a couple of things just to wrap us up real quick here. A, a quick reminder that registration is open, mm-hmm. but we're closing on September 1st. Yes, we are. So visit seniorgames.net. There you'll find all the schedules, the rules, the dates. We're getting a lot of questions about COVID-19, mm-hmm. which we get it. We understand that, but you can also find our updated COVID-19 plan. Mm-hmm. Once again, the website is seniorgames.net. We encourage you to get familiar with the website, but also specifically with that COVID plan. Uh, now's the time to sign up to be a volunteer. Right. If, if sports are, are not what you do, that's fine. We can sure use your help as a volunteer. All that information is also at seniorgames.net. We want to remind you to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We, of course, take this live show and turn it into a podcast, and you can find this podcast anywhere that you find your favorite podcast. We'd love to have you write a quick review or give us a rating. You can do that right on your iPhone by just scrolling down to the bottom of your Apple Podcast app and then shooting us some stars. Do you see what I did there? Shooting us uh-huh. some stars. Yeah, that was You good. can find this as well as previous shows right on our website at seniorgames.net. So check that out. Today's inspirational thought. This okay. fits in perfectly with Robert. Okay. I didn't realize it was going to, but my thought is this, and I love it. It's not the mountain we conquer, but ourselves. Ooh. Until next Thursday, stay active. Stay active.